you are listening to Booked Out on 106.9 Tune FM. I'm Rhiannon and I'm here with special guest Zoe. Hi Zoe. Hi. And we are going to talk all the bookish things today. Uh, so Zoe, you've got your five favourite books for us today. I do. I'm super excited because I love books, um, which is pretty obvious. Yeah. Um, <laughs> otherwise I wouldn't be inviting you on the show. So yeah. Yeah. Amy will be back next week, but we've got Zoe yeah. this week. Sorry, so. Amy. I'm still yeah. on your spot. <laughs> um, oh, she's uh, gone for a little trip herself. So she's, oh, okay. yeah. She's having a holiday. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Well, I'll take over for today. Exactly. Uh, yeah. So. Cool. We're talking about Zoe's top five favourite books. Yes. And your favourite genre is fantasy, isn't it? Yes. So, yes. well, I'm just all about fiction in general. Mm. Um, so I don't know how much of my books are fantasy. I actually don't know if anyone, any of them would class as proper fantasy. Yeah. Um, but, but I do okay. I do love fantasy. I do love this story strange things it throws at you yeah um so we're going to talk about like we're going to try convince you fantasy uh, uh, non-fantasy people non-believers. out there <laughs> yeah that you should at least pick up one fantasy book you biography readers and yeah yeah your textbook junkies <laughs> <laughs> uh, they could just like a lot of romance or contemporary or just yeah. like real world stuff so that's fair enough as well but a little bit of news for you guys. Uh, anybody who likes the Grishaverse, so that is the Shadow and Bone trilogy and Six of Crows duology by Lee Bardugo, you guys are getting a T and Netflix adaptation. Ooh. Yeah. So they're actually combining uh, the Shadow and Bone trilogy and the Six of Crows duology into one TV show. Uh, so they're going to use the characters' backstories and Six of Crows through... Uh, the main Shadow and Bone trilogy thing because it's the same universe and timelines and everything like that. But they're actually just going to make an eight-episode first season and I think they're going to do like two or three seasons from what I've seen all over Twitter. So, yeah. It'll be exciting. I'm interested to see how it turns out. Same. Um, Netflix adaptations can be very... Hit and miss. Yeah, yeah. hit and miss, yeah. <laughs> um, and also um, that and the um, collaboration of two different but also same entities yeah. series. Yeah. That'll be interesting to see how that works out. Exactly. And also you've got Lee Bardugo, the author of both of these, as, um, what's it called, as the executive producer as well. That's awesome. So she gets a little bit of say, but not too much of a say. Yeah. Well, I guess, like, it is difficult, especially if as, like, book writing and script writing is very different. Yeah. Um, But as long as they allow her to still make sure... Um, it stays true to what it is. That'll be awesome. Exactly. Like, with Six of Crows, it's a very diverse duology with all of its characters. So you have uh, disabled... The main character in that series is disabled. Uh, and there's, like, a whole, like, backstory to it as well. Uh, and he also suffers from PTSD. Uh, you also have, uh, in that same, like, group of people, you've got... Uh, LGBT people, like at least half of them are LGBT in some way, shape or form. One of the girls is actually very plumpy, very chunky, uh, which I really love. Uh, 
Um, and I don't want anyone to like make her a skinny person for this because yeah, it's it's so important. It's representation. <laughs> it's representation in a field that is different. Yeah, exactly. I feel like um, it is very easy to typecast in a way. Yeah. Um, so I think anything, especially in a fantasy sort of environment that allows you know a diverse range of characters um that would usually be played by you know the same same actress types would be awesome yeah exactly and you've got different races and everything in these uh in the main six characters as well so uh i'm hoping they get it right i'm hoping they get it right yeah uh, my main thing is just casting yeah. and getting the main storyline correct uh, all the little nitty gritty details, like I'm not going to be like too like raw over, but yeah, getting the main plot and the characters to be as authentic to what is described in the books is all I'm asking. <laughs> yeah, like I'm will- yeah. willing to sacrifice the nitty gritty as long as you get the big points right. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Anyway, we're going to go to a break, and when we come back, Zoe, get ready to gush about your favorite oh, books. So exciting. <laughs> Anyway, you're listening to you're listening to Booked Out with Rhiannon and Zoe on 106.9 Tune FM. All it takes is one flight. We'd be in the same time zone, looking through your timeline, seeing all the rainbows. I I got an idea. And I know that it sounds crazy I just want to see you Oh, I gotta ask Do you got plans tonight? I'm a couple hundred miles from Japan tonight I was thinking I could fly to your hotel tonight Cause I, I can't get you off my mind Can't get you off my mind Can't get you off my mind I was hoping I could get lost in your paradise 
Welcome back to Book Down on 106.9 Tune FM. I'm Rhiannon. And I'm Zoe. And Zoe is our special guest today. Oh. Uh, well, Amy's not here, but like I still <laughs> I still am like me and Amy, our, this is our little show. Yeah. Uh, so our guest today is Zoe. And yes. Zoe, since you have never been on the show before, you were actually our first guest ever for the show. That's actually. a lot. So emphasis on the special. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so you have some books to tell us about your favorite books of all time it was a struggle to pick out some of my favorite books um i've been reading well i've been trying to read since before i could read yeah um <laughs> that was how my mum oh, puts it so cute. yeah i got frustrated because i was trying to read what was in the phone books when I was little, and my mum was like, she's trying to read. That's not a good sign. <laughs> that's going to be a uh, problem. Actually, that's going to be a really good sign. Yeah. <laughs> Depends on how you look at it. I've probably sunk more into reading than I have into, like, my actual education. <laughs> so, Fair enough. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, so it was, it was a lot. I had to do a lot of thinking. Um, so I just picked out the ones that meant, like, the most to me, um, in my relationship with reading, um, some of them are like firsts and some of them are real challenges so yeah. like uh my first one was probably Anne of Green Gables yeah by L.M. Montgomery um I really love this book um basically if you haven't read it and she's a little orphan girl she's got a big heart she's got a big brain um and she goes and lives with the Cuthberts um and she was like a best friend to me when I was growing up Oh, um, yeah so um she was sounds like me with Hermione because like yeah. actually no Hermione for me wasn't more of a friend she was more of like my mentor to that like how I should approach like everything in life just like headstrong and emotional and brave and everything like, yeah ugh. yeah that's yeah. that's how I feel with Anne um so she sort of she went through some rough times and I feel like they loosely matched to what I was going through at the time yeah with like bullies and feeling out of place and stuff like that Um, I picked up Anne of Green Gables um, when I moved to a new place as well. So I moved from the city to the country, sort of along the lines that she did. So she was in a new place as well. Um, So she really helped me look at things differently. Um, If you have read Anne of Green Gables, you'll know that Anne is super optimistic. Um, Yeah. So um, she helped me sort of change my attitude a little bit. Um, Yeah, so I felt a little less alone and that's why she's so special to me. Aww. Yeah. So that's also the only book I've ever, like, willingly read twice or, like, more than once. Oh, okay. Yeah. Because normally I tried not to read books more than once because I felt like I read them already. Yeah. And I was like, I already know the story. I already know what's going to happen. But with this one, I was just like, no, nah, I've got to read it again. Oh, that's so cute. Yeah. Oh, that's amazing. What's your next yeah. one? Okay. So my next one will probably be... Uh, I'm going through them in a little bit of like my life order as well. Mm. So the next one will probably be Going Bovine by Libba Bray, I think. Oh, Libba Bray, yeah. Libba Bray. Uh, she's m- most famous for writing The Diviners. Yeah. Yeah, that series. Yeah, so this was like a one-off for her. Um, I found out earlier today, actually, that she wrote it in the first draft in about a month before she went to like a um, like an author workshop sort of thing oh that's cool um, which was really cool yeah um it's a really great story so this kid uh cameron he gets terminally ill um and then he sets off on an adventure to find a cure with a punk angel a dwarf and a garden gnome 
Yeah. So. Oh my god, this sounds it's, so cool. It is a wild, wild story. It, yeah. It hit me when fiction was sort of getting a little samey for me. Like I yeah. was sort of reading. I try to read like a different wide variety of different books so like fantasy and a little bit of romance a little bit of like historical fiction and all that kind of stuff yeah it was all just sort of like blending in the same sort of way and this was like so different so crazy it almost doesn't seem to have a point yeah but it definitely does at the same time and it's been a while since I've sat down and read it I'm definitely going to reread it again but I do know it was probably one of the books I've had the most fun reading yep like you feel like you're there and you're just like it was the kind of book that I sat back and I was like if I can be like half as cool as that book I'll have done something with my life oh that's so cool yeah so I definitely recommend it it's not well known which is awesome as well yeah it It really isn't it's very underrated doesn't get the credit it deserves yeah so yeah um moving on doesn't get the credit it deserves uh, that's me with I and the Messenger by Marcus Zusak. Yep, <laughs> yeah, definitely. Because everybody hears Marcus Zusak and goes, The Book Thief. And I'm like, No. Oh, yes. Yeah, so I'm just like, No. Uh, the Messenger is kind of more of his better one. I want to read Bridge of Clay because it seems a lot mm-hmm. more along the lines of the Australian contemporary story thing that nice. I and the Messenger has, uh, which I think is why so many people are just like, going from The Book Thief to Bridget Clay and going, what is this? Yeah. And I'm like, no, that's <laughs> there's a step in between that. Marcus Zusak has more than just one kind of book, guys. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> cool. Yeah. So, yeah. Fair enough. That's interesting. I'm going to have to add that to my list. Yes. Do it. Uh, <laughs> that and The Running Man by Michael Gerard Bauer. Uh, one of my favourite books of all time. That, that is my favourite book of all time. I don't think I have yeah. a favourite book read. It's the only one I've read. Oh, wait a minute. I read twilight a lot uh, <laughs> i reread that one a lot more but it's the only book that i'll reread like and make sure i've forgotten basically everything about it before mm. because i don't want to ruin the emotions that i feel for this book that's me with the passage yeah yeah but yeah so those those re- those were sort of like the beginning stages of like that was like you know primary school and early high school and then i sort of moved into like like senior years and I picked up my sister's keeper for Jodie Picoult yeah and everyone probably knows the story already either through the book or through the movie but if you haven't it's basically this girl who was born purely to be like an organ farm or like spare parts for her sister Kate who's got leukemia or some kind of cancer like that so she starts a legal case for independence and the rights to her own body yeah one thing I will define right now is that I have big beef with the movie. Yeah, <laughs> big beef. Um, <laughs> most people who've read the book have big beef. Yeah, because um, the endings are not the same. Um, because the ending of the book made me cry. Mm-hmm. Like, and I'm not talking like, oh, I had tears, so sad. You know, like wipe away a spare one. Ha. Like, I had to close the book. I was sobbing. Yeah. Like, my mum came out and was like, are you okay? And I was like, it's the book. Like, I was, that book devastated me. Yeah. Like, was it, like, a sad, a depressed cry or was it, like, it angry, was, sad? I think it was both. Yeah. So, I'd read a lot of Jodie Picoult. Um, yeah. I've read almost all of her books. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, 
<laughs> I like this because uh, if anyone's listened to some of our previous episodes, Amy and I actually talked about the authors that we would never pick up. And for me, one of mine is Jodie Picoult. Really? <laughs> yeah. Wow. How come? Uh, I just don't... It, it, I have, like, from stereotypes and everything no, like that. Uh, so if it, it's okay if you feel offended, but, <laughs> like, don't come at me too much. I just find her books to be about issues just for the sake of being about issues. Yeah. So yeah. I And feel- I don't like authors who do that. Yeah. Yeah. So a lot of her books do revolve around like a court case of some type of some yeah. type. Most of them do. Um I don't know if she wanted to be a lawyer in her life or was a lawyer in her life, but that's just how they revolve. Yeah. Um uh, I thought this I think there's some of the issue like the some of the things that she chooses to write about. Um I haven't found done well yeah. in different settings. Um yeah. so it's perfectly fine that you don't like her. I know yeah. she's definitely not for everyone. Yeah. Um, and some and of found the things are a bit like grabby, like yeah, and they're there for the shock value. Yeah, yeah, that's another reason why I don't. Yeah, definitely, definitely a shock value. Yeah. But the ending of my sister's keeper, um, the ending of the book was a plot twist I hadn't experienced in any of her other books. Mm-hmm. See, I was never going to read my sister's keeper after I saw the movie. Oh wow! But I was encouraged to, and so the plot twist I didn't expect, and it left me like so like unexpectedly devastated and shocked and angry and sad all at the same time that I was just like what is going on (laughs) my emotions can't take this right now yeah but yeah so if you haven't read it um and you're looking for something like that I definitely like I recommend it yeah um but it's definitely not for everyone like that's fair enough like Twilight I Twilight is the only book that I have started and never finished Oh, okay. I got to chapter nine, I'll put it down and I'll never pick it up. Yep. I read it about seven times between yeah. year seven and year nine when I was really obsessed with it. I had like, I still do have the red stained edge Oof. ones and everything. Yeah. Like I was a big Twilight fan. I was one of the first like fangirls in my school before wow. it spread like wildfire when the movie came out. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I just <laughs> I just didn't like it. I feel like um, Twilight was all right. I didn't find it good to read. Yeah. Uh, and I feel like it took some of the imagination out. Yeah. I feel like if I go back and read it now, I'll be like, what the hell did yeah. I subject myself to? But it also had the effect that I wanted to just consume more books because yeah. I read that one. Yeah. I and then I read like an entire genre of books, uh, paranormal fiction, that yeah. I would never have read before. But I read it anyway because of Twilight and everything like that. Like it still had meaning to my reading, but it yeah, didn't I have mean, it helps shape you. Like, yeah. Um, you got to read, like, I have read some horrible books. Oh, yeah. I have put some books down and just turned to my mum and been like, I don't even know why I read that. It was so bad. <laughs> Do you have an example? Um, Not off the top of my head, but I have read some shocking, shocking books. Lord of the Flies. I have read it. Have don't. Read it. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Good to know. 
sorry, that was that was very savage towards the book, but I really don't like it. That was and fine. next time Amy's away, I'm most likely just going to be like, okay, I am going to read Lord of the Flies and then talk about it for about 20 minutes, <laughs> half an hour, about how it's a horrible book, but because of its literary value in history and everything like that, it still deserves to be published which I don't like. The yeah, fact, sometimes but you're just like, I hate these books, but they're here. But I can see its use. Yeah. But, like the worst thing about Lord of the Flies is that I can see its use yeah. in today's society. And it like, frustrates you even more. Yeah. Yeah. It, yeah. Like imagining myself going into secondary teaching, which I was going to before I changed yeah. to primary teaching, and teaching that in English. Would have been a lot. Yeah. <laughs> it would have been, uh, <laughs> been hell. Ooh. Anyway, uh, segue being done. Back to segue, favorite books. Yeah. Let's go back to the happy place. Back let's to go, the happy let's place. go back to the happy place, <laughs> but we'll still talk about bad stuff. Yes. Because actually, when I first started reading We Need to Talk About Kevin by Lionel Shriver, mm. um, I questioned why I kept reading it. Ooh. I genuinely did. So the first heart, like, the first half to three quarters of the book is a little like what is going on like yeah it's hard to get it can be hard to get through for some i was reading some of the reviews and they seem to agree i do remember it being long yeah when i first read it um but it's written as letters to an estranged husband um from the mother's point of view of kevin the i guess not protagonist but you know the main sort of force focus. yeah focus yeah. um as he grows up and you know goes through his life and you know the mother's point of view and her concerns at different points and it does all fit because the first half of the book I realized I was reading because something didn't quite fit something wasn't feeling right mm. you know it was, I was like looking at um it's sort of the things it doesn't say and the things it just suggests and doesn't talk about. Ooh, I it, love those kinds of books. It left you with, like, a really eerie feeling and it makes you do a lot of, like, what's going to happen, what's going to go, mm. like, how's this going to play out? Um, but the book does end brutally. Like, if you are ready to uh, have some of your favourite characters uh, cut quite suddenly, um, that happens. Um, yeah, I don't want to spoil it. Yeah. Um, well, to some people that would have been a spoiler, but at the same time, like that's yeah. a that's more of a trigger warning than a spoiler. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it the way it ends and what happens at the end is brutal. Yeah, um, it's like someone giving another person Game of Thrones and being like, "Don't have any favorites; they might die." Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Kind of. I mean, you don't really form any like real attachments to characters. Yeah. Um, but like the events that happen, you're like. I was expecting this, but I wasn't. Um, I really like this book mostly because it managed to, like, change my perceptions and challenge it. So you were going through this book, you're like, okay, this Kevin kid, he's not right, he's not great. Um, But the way that you look at him, you're like, okay, something's not good with this kid. Like, something's not right up there. But you have to view him in the innocent light of his mum. Yeah. So his mum, her point of view is that she's like, I didn't like this kid when it popped out the womb. But I have to love him because I'm his mother. And that whole thing sort of taints your perception. So trying to... It was really interesting because I feel like Kevin defines true evil. Yeah. Like something that's just like... He's still a child when all this goes down. And it's just like really weird watching like something that you... Like 
I feel he's purely evil. Like, there's not a shred of good in that kid. Like, yeah. Yeah. So it was really interesting to see that form from an innocent perspective. Yeah. And it, it was really challenging. So you've got a bad guy from the point of view of someone who's trying to love him. That is beautiful. I love it. Yeah. I, I'm i going to read that one now. Yeah. Like, yes. Uh, <laughs> I've got it. It's hard. I, it's not for everyone. Yeah. But, like, I as I was going through, I was like, no, I tell people to read this a lot. Like, I can't not. Yeah. Because I feel like it, yeah, it does something. So, if you have a love of unreliable narrators, definitely read this one. Yeah, I think yeah. so. Yeah. Yeah. She's pretty straightforward and she's like, but, you know, yeah. Yeah. But That's good. And you've got one more, don't you? Yes, I yes. do. My last one um, is a bit of a classic. Um, yep. It's A Clockwork Orange yep. by Anthony Burgess. Uh, futuristic world where criminals run the place. And punishment's pretty wild. So it's through the eyes of Alex, the narrator. And he takes you through like the world that it's set in. And he ends up getting caught for crimes and going to prison. And then he becomes part of like a trial for rehabilitation. I don't want to give it away. Yeah. Um, if anyone's reading it, but if anyone has read it, they know what's going on. Yeah. Um, it's a pretty intense book. Definitely not for the faint-hearted. Yeah. Um, it's very confronting. So yeah. uh, we were discussing it earlier, <laughs> and we agreed that you know if it interests you in the slightest, probably watch the movie. Even the movie's a little bit confronting. Yeah. But it does it in a nicer way. Oh, <laughs> uh, okay. Yeah. So um, get used to the content that's in the movie and then yeah. dive into the deep end. Yeah, it's very... Kind of like someone saying, go read, Mac- read slash watch Macbeth before going to Titus Andronicus with Shakespeare. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, it's it kind of ease yourself in. Uh, plus the book is pretty unique in the fact that it's written in its own language. Ooh. Yeah. So okay. it pulls, like, it's still English of sorts. It pulls mm. from, like, Cockney origins and um, what I write. It's, like, slang and stuff like that. And then Burgess sort of creates his own little language using all that, um, which was really interesting for me because I picked it up high school, yeah. mid, mid through high school. And, like, I had to put it down. I was like, I just don't understand what he's saying. And by that time, I'm like, I'd read Dickens. Yeah, like that's that's the sort of like it's trying to read like Shakespeare or Charles Dickens for the first time. It can be really like I was I was smart enough to go. I'm not getting it. Like yeah. <laughs> this sentence not for me. <laughs> but I put it down and I picked it up in my first year of uni and I don't know what it was, but it clicked and I got it. Yeah. And it was really good. So that was really challenging for me. I really liked that. Liked being able to come back to it um, and be able to read it. Um, and for, for that, form that new language, it is brutal. Yeah. Like, I've probably said brutal a lot, <laughs> but, like, some of the stuff that happens, you have to go, okay, all right, now Alex has done all this all this stuff. It's not great stuff. Oh, that's, that's real whack. Why are you telling me this? Yeah. And then you have to go through the process of, like, the rehabilitation that he goes through. And he's he starts out as a villain. Like, yeah. he's not a great guy. And I mean, he's not great at the end of it, but you feel bad for him. Yeah. Like the things that um, the society does to him in this rehabilitation program, you're like, is he the worst evil in this book? Which is really interesting. Yeah. Yeah. But I I liked it. Um, It was really whack. 
Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's very, very whack. Um, but the movie adaptation was really well done. Probably one of the better ones that I've come across in adaptations. Nice. Like it, it you know, protects you from the worst parts, but also sort of... Um, Accentuates some of its best parts. Yeah, like, keeps it yeah. true to the story. It doesn't hide anything from you. I think there is a rare... Uh, exposure uh, of, of the nude variety if you will ah uh, yep. yeah <laughs> that's fair enough but yeah so yeah. those are the ones that sort of you know called out to fancy. me yeah yeah that's so cool uh, <laughs> thank you for sharing with the thank that you. with us thank you for letting me share that's all good uh, and we will go to a break and when we come back we'll have a little chat about fantasy why you guys out there in the radioverse or the podcast verse, if you're listening us to us via podcast, uh, should listen, should read or listen if you're an audiobook fan yeah. to some fantasy uh, sometime in the future if you haven't already. Or if you're a fantasy lover, just listen to it anyway and yeah. see if the reasons why we read fantasy is the same as yours. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. You're listening to Booked Out with Rhiannon and Zoe on 106.9 Tune FM. Why are we here? Where do we belong? Everyone is a walking ghost. The people of love, and I have my drink, and I think I'll get it right this week. Why are we here? Where do we go? Come by the feeling that we know. Take me, take me to my home, take me.
You're back with Booked Out on 106.9 Tune FM. I'm Rhiannon and I'm with Zoe. Yes. So we have talked a little bit of news. Uh, we've also talked about Zoe's top five favourite books of all time. Yes, I bored you uh, to death with why I love the books that I do. No, no. Take my justifications. <laughs> they are not boring. Like, I was just sitting here. You saw me the entire time. I was just like... yeah. Uh, really resting in my hands and just being like, oh my god, yeah. I really liked. <laughs> I really liked that you don't like Jodie Pickle and you love um, Stephanie Meyer. Is that her name? Oh uh, yeah. Uh, well, Meyer. I did. Did uh, I? I liked the host. The I host think was would, actually yeah, alright. I would read that one again. I am gonna read reread Twilight at some point, even <laughs> if it's just to like put myself in that pain. Um, <laughs> But yeah, like but I really, yeah. I really liked that. You know, there was books that I've read that you wouldn't, and books that you've read that I wouldn't. Mm. I think that like makes it good. Most of your list, I hadn't even heard of. Like, I yeah. think it was yeah, My Sister's Keeper and A Clockwork Orange and Anne of Green Gables. Yeah, I'd heard of the those through ones. Reputation. Yeah, but and then the other two I hadn't even heard of. Yeah, well, I had to go all the way to Sydney to mm. find uh, Going Bovine. Oh wow! Yeah, yeah. so. I mean, I also couldn't be bothered to, look, like, buy it online. Because I yeah. was like, that's effort. <laughs> also, like, you want your physical books to be the ones that you really, really like. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I've got, like, three bookcases full. Like, three bookshelves. Shelves yeah. in my room full of uh. books. <laughs> three bookcases would be a lot. I used to have... I used to have to keep them... I used to have to keep all my books in a chest of drawers. Yeah. Like, they fill the chest of drawers and then they'd be like on shelves and stuff everywhere yeah um when i was little and then i hit a point where i was like no other kids need these more than i do because i've read them i'm just hoarding them yeah so like my mom and i donated a whole bunch of them so i was like you know what i've read these they were good but you know people can't people can't read yeah (laughs) that'd be bad (laughs) i'm gonna donate you books you can't read yeah good job good job (laughs) quite have the access yeah plus Grown up, not exactly rich. Um, books, good books, are hard to come by. Yeah. Um, so I was like, yes, I've gotten a lot of use out of these books, but you know, um, kids who only have like the op shops and stuff mm. need something more than like kid books. Yeah. They need something that with substance. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Apart from you know trashy crime fiction. Yeah. Which you usually find, but yeah, yeah. like you, young adult fiction yeah that's so hard to find good ones exactly um i actually just donated about 40 books myself to one of a kind nice um i just sift through my books every like six months and then get rid of all the ones that i either haven't read yet because i actually have out of my two bookshelves i've got one shelf that's uh about like nearly a meter wide Mm. that has like a whole heap of books on it that I haven't read yet and I usually call that every like six months and then all the ones I have read so I still have around 80 to 100 books at the moment that's a lot (laughs) I I do like rereading my books though so I still there's still books I get use out of ones that I find to be really nice and some of them are just books that I know that if I get rid of and want to get again in like you won't find it I won't find it ever yeah that was my problem with um the passage um it's a trilogy trilogy 
yeah uh, by justin cronin um i got the first one when it originally came out early 2000s i think it was yeah um and i had to wait till like 2011 so it must have been late 2000s and i had to wait like one to two years to for the two the second one to come out um and i got the second one reread the first one and the second one within period of like three days yep and they're thick books um okay yeah and i forgot all about it for the longest time like i read them with the third one was coming out i didn't know when there was no like date uh, when the second one came out so i was just like okay and then the armadale book fair yeah that comes around i found the first one again and i was like okay that's that's it (laughs) yeah we're gonna have to revisit that because i just ate those books up like yeah 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 so i'll probably keep those i'm slowly working on my book collection to the to keep the ones that i really like and really want to keep around so like those ones um, yeah and the classics that i have i have a couple of shakespeare's um oh i'm slowly getting all of shakespeare it's great Uh, (laughs) i'm really picky with my shakespeare yeah um fair enough i have romeo and juliet because it was gifted to me Mm. uh by a friend and i keep that um because it's like an older copy and it's sentimental and i also have the sonnets that a friend also gave to me um which i really enjoyed yeah i actually have shakespeare sonnets retold Mm. so on one side of the page it has the sonnet and then on the other side of the page it has uh james anthony who is the writer of the newer sonnets like actually like changing the words to actually suit modern day and it has exactly the same message in both of them uh, iambic pentameter, the lot, like oh wow, everything, wow. all the rhyming schemes and everything as well, and you can actually read both of them and feel like you're reading the same play, yeah, which is a uh, same the play. same sonnet, same yeah. sonnet, yeah, and that's it's awesome. just lovely. Um, I have that with, and that one only came out like a couple of months ago as well, so I got that one, and then I also have Othello, Titus Andronicus. Uh, the Tempest, Richard II, Hamlet, and a couple mm. of other ones as well. Mm. But I'm slowly getting through all of his plays because I actually adore Shakespeare, uh, yeah. mainly because of his like analysis of human beings and stuff like that, yeah. which is a reason why I love reading fantasy. Yes. So <laughs> what a good segue. I loved that. Yes. Fantasy is so good. Yes. Uh, so our topic that we're supposed to be talking about, uh, which we started but didn't start talking about, Look, is get, why get you should me. read fantasy. And it's basically a list of reasons why we love fantasy and why you should love fantasy too. Okay. Yes. <laughs> we're going to force you. To eat some fantasy. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we are doing a sci-fi book for our book club this month. Oh, cool. But it is, uh, it's Skyward by Brandon Sanderson. Oh, nice. But Brandon Sanderson is actually known for his fantasy works more than his sci-fi. So, oh, cool. yeah, he's actually one of the best people around at the moment for magic systems. Like, one of his is based off light, like the spectrum of colours in light. Oh, wow. Yeah, so... Uh, the more colors that you can have, uh, the more colors that you use, the more uh, power you have, that sort of thing. Ooh. And there's another one where you absorb metals. Yeah. So, and most of his series actually inter, uh, interweave in like a full universe oh, okay. of so planets and everything as well. So, so like, so there'd be like people so in one, like say part of the universe yeah. that deal with like light and then 
It's kind of like the Four Nations. Yeah. <laughs> That's really cool. Yeah, so, and his books are like thousand pages long always. Mm. Uh, but anyway, uh, Skyward by Brandon Sanderson is his newest addiction. <laughs> addiction. Addition. Uh, <laughs> his newest uh, addiction. Addition, uh, and we are addicted. Yes. Uh, newest addition to like, I'm, I don't know if it's part of this universe or not, but either way, it's basically this chick who wants to be a pilot to help uh, fight an invasion of aliens called the Krells. Uh, but her father fa- is famous for betraying the pilots and mm. running away, so she can't actually become a pilot for that reason. But then the Krells amp up everything, so she gets accepted because they need everyone. So mm. here she is training and everything for this invasion that they know is coming. So, Oof. yeah. That's exciting. Yeah, I so like that. that is our book for this month. Oof. So we're talking about it on the thirty first. If you want to read it or join in, uh, <laughs> uh, you Zoe listen. and everyone listening, uh, listening <laughs> along with bated breath. Yes. Oh yeah, that's it. Sounds exciting. Yes, I do. I do like the excitement that like fantasy, like the different realms and the different possibilities. Like they're just so great. Like, yeah. Yeah, but anyway, with fantasy, what's your first reason to, for people to read fantasy? For fantasy, I really like it for, like, travel and escapism. Yep. Like, you know, I grew up on a farm and I didn't get to go very far. Yeah. Sort of thing. Like, it was it was the farm, it was school, it was to the shops on a weekly slash monthly basis for food. Yep. You know, that sort of thing. Um Sounds like me. Uh, yeah. Never, like, leaving your hometown that often. Yeah. And even if it was, it was to go to another town so you can actually go shopping for decent things and then go back home. Yeah. So, uh, like, a very a very limited view of life growing up. So, fantasy was a way to explore just, like, different places. Mm. Didn't have to be worldly places. Like, it could be, like, different planets, different universes entirely. Yeah. Sometimes, like, the... Uh, urban fantasy, I think yeah, it's called. Urban fantasy. Or like crosses over, like that that was really cool. Yeah. Um or like dystopias where it's basically our mm. world but like one rule has changed and then seeing how that goes. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, th- those kinds of things. They were really cool to me. So yeah, and just a way to like forget, you know, the fact that, you know, I was surrounded by nothingness mm. and just sort of immerse yourself in a in a different world, which is really cool. Yeah. Uh Going from that, one of my things is it's basically an imagination gym. Yeah. Uh, you have to have a vivid imagination to be able to, like, really take in and soak in everything. Um, like, I love the fact that I could imagine, like, far-off places and different lands and outfits that I had never yes. seen before. Yeah. Especially the outfits. Um, and just how... But just having that imagination really helps me, especially when it comes to, like, problem-solving skills and everything like that. Yeah, I feel real bad for people who don't have imaginations. (laughs) Yeah. It must suck. (laughs) (laughs) It must genuinely suck. Also, like, fantasy really helped me with um, learning how to talk to people, like, power dynamics and that sort of thing, because it can be, like, the human condition can be explored so well in fantasy yeah uh yeah. i think you had this that, point as that well that ties in really well with yeah like how um 
fantasy like and books just written from other people's perspectives um so like fiction and stuff like that just helped me um you know look at how other people view problems um, yeah you know you gotta look inside someone else's brain and f- see what they're thinking yeah like, everyone would do that like yeah. if they had a chance so like <laughs> what is going on inside their heads <laughs> but you also have characters in different settings as well with different rules and yeah. seeing how that would play out as well. Yeah, and I like the fact that you can be like, okay, if I was in that situation, what would I do? Yeah. Like, you know. It's why I love Nevernight so much. Uh, I'm going to bring back Jay Kristoff for another episode in a row. <laughs> yeah. uh, you thought you could go one episode without talking? <laughs> you thought I could go another episode without talking about Jay Kristoff? Nope. Uh, so in Nevernight, it's the government is very much so structured like uh, the early uh, Roman Mm -hmm. uh, dictatorship Mm -hmm. days where it's, oh, it is very much so a democracy, but I'm controlling everything. (laughs) Uh, It is a dickmocracy. (laughs) Yeah, pretty much. Uh, (laughs) And having me, the main character, like uh, being one of the people who are a victim of this dictatorship pretty much because her father tried to overthrow this dictator uh, yes. and now she's trying to get revenge because she's just like uh he was doing good for the people also you killed him so i want revenge like yeah. having that morality completely shift in a new place i really love that yeah that's yeah. i liked i liked the same sort of reasons for that in the red rising series Yes. I love Red Rising. Same. <laughs> um, <laughs> I mean, that's more going into sci-fi territory than fantasy, it but is, it does have it fantasy does, elements. Yeah, so yeah. yeah, so it is a bit more on the sci-fi side, but I, so, I love it. Uh, I love Red Rising. Yeah. I would encourage anyone who is, you know, just a f- war. Yeah. <laughs> love. Yeah. You know, anything. Like, it touches on so much stuff. I just... The morality Sephora. within war in Red Rising yeah. is one of my favourite parts, especially with Darrow because yeah, his, how his morality shifts from the first book to the last book, how yes. much he's willing to sacrifice from the start to the finish is amazing. Yeah, and I think that um, it's such a... I mean, it is a different world. It is a, There's different aspects affecting it, but I feel like it's so human. Yeah. Like, he gets swept up in all that power... And, you know, all that, you know, I've got a task to do sort of stuff that when he, like, fully, like, looks at the big picture, he's just like, oh. Yeah. And I feel like we can all do that. Yeah. Like, we're all fighting our own fight. Yeah. Sort of thing. Also, we're all so in our heads all the time until we find another perspective. Yes. And Darrow, with his one-track mind through most of the books. Yes. Which, you know... That annoyed me a fair bit, how he was one track until someone pulled him aside and punched him in the face and went, look, buddy. (laughs) Darrow probably frustrated me the most as a protagonist. Yeah. Like, oh, I wanted to punch him in the face like many a character (laughs) did. That's where I really liked Severo. Yeah. Severo was my favourite. Severo was my favourite by far. Everyone's baby. (laughs) (laughs) Everyone's... Uh, You and Morningstar when... It, when stuff went down, I was just like, oh, I my cried. God. Oh, yeah. I, I cried. I like, cried too. But, like, I read it before Zoe did, 
and yeah. she was just telling me everything about it one day and I'm like oh my god this is gonna be the best I just want to see your reaction yeah <laughs> yeah so I haven't I haven't read the next books yeah There's uh, like starting with iron gold and then dark age comes out this year I think yeah, it is I think uh, I'm it's waiting. been moved back to May yeah it's I the know second it's time moved. it's been moved I don't back. think I've read iron gold yet yeah I think like um so I got the books from a friend yeah. who got the first sort of trilogy and I was just like pushing it back because I was like I don't I'm not ready <laughs> yeah I'm not ready. after Morningstar for me I was just like I uh, I actually wrote this in my uh bullet journal uh as like a mini review thing I was like I I cannot I'm emotionally exhausted <laughs> yeah yeah like I remember like starting the second one and I had to take it slow because I had like exams and stuff mm. and then I picked it back up again and just every chapter I was like what are you doing to me yeah and I would message my friend who sent me them and I'd be like what is going on and he'd just be like hey. yeah <laughs> keep reading yeah and, get and to the next chapter and you'd be like what the heck yeah like, and that's where your escapism comes in for a reason to read fantasy like yes uh, they just suck you in and they keep you they keep you until you go <laughs> uh, the the only reason to not read fantasy is once you leave that book you leave that world yeah and that is a lot yeah like um especially with books so submersive and so entertaining mm. um i know oh, there was one I can't think of it off the top of my head. Yeah. But there was definitely a world, um, like a series, pro- something along the lines of Red Rising probably, um, that I just had to take like a solid break from reading for a while because yeah. I wasn't ready to accept that world was over. <laughs> yeah. And I didn't want to start a new book and then taint like the end of that one at all. <laughs> I was just like, I need to preserve this feeling I have for a little while. It's why I don't want to read Dark Dawn when it comes out in September because just a grieving that's, period. That's just that's just gonna make me sad. Yeah. So, <laughs> uh, but at the same time, like, oh, uh, what's another series? I love The Singer of All Songs by Kate Constable. Oh, another thing about fantasy, it can go from like low magic to high magic. Like, yeah. there are different, so many different facets to fantasy. Yes. And it can incorporate. Yeah incorporate so many different genres as well so if you want a fantasy that's more political you can get one if you want a fantasy that's more romantic you can get plenty of those yeah Uh, (laughs) if you want revenge arcs there you go yeah Uh, fantasy is really like it's a genre but it's its own thing it's kind of like its own fiction yeah like it's i love that about it uh i love the fact that i can have like a fantasy story with like um i don't know just like there's like werewolves and stuff yeah fantasy yeah. yes i just want to clarify because i'm not i'm not a hip with the lingo yeah <laughs> unless of course it was influenced by science or something like that in which case it would go more science fiction but it's like, more eh. like sci-fi fantasy in the yeah. way like i think it's fantasy but the way she explains it is more sci-fi because mm. like it pulls on like stuff that's legit it was kind of like a um Maggie, Maggie Stefada's Shiver oh, trilogy. Uh, Maggie Stevada. Stevada. Yeah. yeah, her Shiver trilogy was so good. Mm. Shook my life. Yep. Made me think about you know like werewolves and all that kind of stuff in a completely different light. And that's what I love is that there is a fantasy book with werewolves that is completely different to a different fantasies 
werewolves. Yeah. Or, like, yeah. there are so many different ways that you can interpret it. And you can yes. find the one you like as well. Yeah. Like, do you want your vampires to be sparkly? There you go, Twilight <laughs> fans. You've got it. Uh, do you want uh, vampires who are dark, gritty, love coffins, that sort of thing? Yeah. You've got Dracula. If you want dark, gritty vampires that are from, like, an entire... That are birthed from, you know, a viral outbreak or something yeah. like that. You have the Immortal Rules series by Julie Kagawa. Yeah. Like, if you, if you want, like, <laughs> unicorns that, you know, eat rainbows and fart butterflies, whatever, you can get that. Yeah. You can also get, like, the more truer to, like, mythology ones that will kill you. Yeah, <laughs> Sort exactly. of deal. Like, uh, I love Mermaids that. and Fae as well have the same thing. Yeah. Uh, so, like... And those are just fantasy creatures. You have yeah. different magic systems, different worlds, different, like, inspirations from different parts of the world as well. Like Yeah, different uh, pull, like, the pull and collaboration of different mythologies is what I love as well. Yes. But, yeah. Oh, it's so good. Anyway, we should probably wrap up. If we haven't convinced uh, <laughs> you, if we haven't convinced you to read fantasy. It's probably because we've been gushing so much. About <laughs> fantasy. <laughs> but if we haven't convinced you, let us know why. Yeah. Like, if you haven't read fantasy and you don't think you're gonna, let us know. Or if you, yeah. And later on in the year, if we have a fantasy book club thing, because we have a little bingo thing of genres. Nice. That we pick from every month for our book club now. So if we pick fantasy and you're still like on the fence we'll choose a fantasy book and we'll make sure it's one that you know amy and i kind of like or have already read before because it'll most likely be a reread because yeah. we both love fantasy with all of our hearts yeah but yeah uh, just definitely just dive in yeah hopefully love we've books. convinced okay. you hopefully uh, we've convinced you i feel like we've convinced ourselves to read fantasy more. yeah yeah <laughs> i mean i'm also reading of fantasy at the moment of well i've got to read skyward as well but like fantasy anyway we have to go uh it's nearly five so thank you for coming on the show thank zoe thank you for having me i've no had a worries. blast so zoe might come back in the future you just let us know how soon you want her back <laughs> or how often you want her back uh and we will definitely do that uh anyway you've been listening to booked out with rhiannon and zoe on 106.9 tune fm